Hello and welcome to the Deutsche Fußball podcast, episode 6 this week. We're back after the international break. I'm George Stoneman. And I'm Aaron Rawls. And only one place to start, Der Klassiker. Dortmund versus Bayern, top of the table clash. Um, real, you know, huge game, biggest game in the Bundesliga season. Bayern ran out 3-0 winners. Um, great win, obviously Dortmund without their first choice back four. Uh, really struggling defensively, had to sign Friedrich in the week on a free agent. 35-year-old did all right. The you know makeshift back four sort of coped well until uh, the introduction of Goethe, um and then obviously two goals in the break at the end of the game sort of finished them off. But the scoreline sort of flattered Bayern. Um, Dortmund had plenty of chances themselves. Lewandowski particularly wasteful. Would you sort of make of the game and um, the sort of result for Dortmund? Yeah, um, it's obviously it's uh, not a great result for Dortmund, especially at home. Uh, but like you say, with, without the first choice back four, there's only so much they could have been expecting going into the game. Um, I do think that the introduction of Gertz, like you say, changed the game. Um, and like it has been, I think he's probably been Dwyane's best player the last few weeks. And it surprised me that he didn't start. I don't know whether Guardiola didn't want to start him because of the occasion and wanted to let it get overwhelmed, but scored what you can argue is the decisive goal, the first goal. Um, and like you say, it, it drew Dortmund out and gave Bayern the chance to get in and get the second and the third as, as they were further forward. Yeah, I mean, like you're saying, why he didn't start? He played Martinez in the number 10 role, sort of strangely, and it really didn't work. He sort of had a sort of non-existent first half and sort of dropped back when Goethe came on. Um, and yeah, Goethe had been sort of sensational. He sort of looked like the occasion might sort of overwhelm him when he came on. Looked kind of sort of quite nervous and refused to celebrate. Um, don't know what people's views are on that. Um, I don't mind it. I think you know it's a good sign of respect. I don't like it if it happened you know against the club you support. Um, but yeah, great for Bayern. Um, you know, really pushing themselves away from Dortmund. Seven points in it now. Um, but yeah, is it sort of? title race over already seven points you know Leverkusen squad and finances aren't likely to sort of push Bayern all the way is you know Dortmund going to have to sort of produce something sensational to claim the title back again I, I think it was always going to have to be something sensational to to beat that Bayern Munich team I mean this is a team which let's not forget won the triple last year and then went and signed Pep Guardiola and Mario Goetze so there, there's obviously that squad oozes class but you know, it only takes a couple of tough results you know a tough Champions League draw uh, resting players one eye on a, on a midweek game but I think it'll be exceedingly hard for Dortmund to sort of make that gap up now even though they, they're missing key players like Pichek and Gundogan obviously haven't played this year so that they're obviously massive players for them but I still think that it's, it's not, I'm not going to say it's sort of tied to race over already but it's Sort of nearly there. It's halfway there already, I think. Yes, yeah, you know you don't like to say it after sort of thirteen games of the season, but I mean you look Barmer out without Ribery at the weekend, and they sort of coped, you know, more than sort of capably without him. Whereas if uh, you know Dortmund to lose a Royce or a Lewandowski, you'd sort of struggle to, they, you know, they'd struggle to sort of replace mm. a player of that class. And yeah, like you say, I think Bayern's depth will ultimately tell at the end of the season. Moving on, um, sort of fourth place battle. Schalke, obviously, Champions League uh, this week. Um, away to Frankfurt. Frankfurt not won at home this season, but Schalke sort of. It's depend. I don't know who's going to be kicking themselves more. Game finished three all. Um, 
Schalke had won four of the last five prior to the game, but uh, on the back foot early on, but a full-moon goal gave them the lead, and then Matic made it 2-0 soon after, and sort of from then you sort of think they'll see it out, but fight back from Frankfurt, went 3-2 up, um, two goals from Hoslu, his second one, really, really good goal. Um, but then I think Schalke was just a sign of complacency from Schalke, and uh, luckily Howders made a lung-busting run at the end, and Made it three all, but you know questions being asked of Keller now. Um, his sort of managerial bit, managerial ability, um, in the sense that you know two 0 up and they lose. Uh, what do you sort of make of Schalke this season um, and where they could go? Yeah, it's it's not a game which you should be losing or even dropping points in. Really, I know any game away from home is not an easy game, but you look at where Frankfurt are in the table and you look at where Schalke are on the table and you look at what both the club's ambitions would be towards the end of the season. And after being 2-0 up, you really expect Schalke to, if not go on and kill the game, at least have the, the class and the sort of the football knowledge and experience and ability to shut the game out and think, right, well, it's 2-0 yeah, it's now, this is game's as good as one. Let's, let's just win the game, let's kill it. Let's, you know, let's just pull Frankfurt out and maybe pinch one more at the end. But... So you have to ask questions of Keller because if your side's tuning up and you look like you're going to lose the game 3-2 and you look like you're going to lose to Frankfurt, if it was Bayern Munich, it'd be a different story. Um, but Frankfurt, you sort of think, oh, come on, what's, what's going on there then? So there's understandably going to be questions. But let's not forget, like I said, they've won four of the last five. So it's not as if it's complete panic stations and they're loitering down in 14th in the table and they and they don't know where they're going to turn. They're on the verge of elimination. You know, If they win their last game in the Champions League, they through. They win a couple more games. I mean, they're... They're only a few points behind um, Gladbach in the table in the hunt for fourth. It only takes a couple of wins there. So whilst I think questions have to be asked of Keller, I think it might be a bit of a uh, what's the word, a premature, a bit of a, a, a trigger-happy decision if they were to, to fire him. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're missing the likes of Hintzler up front and Slazai is you know good enough, but just not getting the service at the moment. Obviously you've got the likes of Draxler and Mai who are good at the weekend. You know, they linked up well and they just weren't at the top top of their game and like you say they really should have seen the game out um, but yeah again panic stations sort of uh, you know they don't really need to be you know raised yet because you know they're still up there and you know they can still get fourth place quite easily um, moving on and the team they're going to be battling fourth place for Gladbach um, away to Stuttgart uh, only their second win in Stuttgart for I think 18 years They've won the game 2-0. Um, still got started well. Testegen made a good save from Werner. A really clever run from the 17-year-old. But Testegen read it, uh, tried to go around him, stood up and blocked it. And Glabert went down the other end and scored. Uh, Raphael put them one up. Really good ball from Hermann, obviously. Possibly two future Germany wingers, uh, Werner and Hermann. But, um, yeah, you know, Hermann set up the second one for Oscar Wendt. Um, and that was sort of game over. Um, Thomas Schneider only had one loss in nine before the game since he took over um, at Stuttgart, which, you know, is good stats. They're sort of, you know, ninth in the table, sort of propping the way up after a difficult start. Um, what do you make of the game um, and sort of Gladbach and Stuttgart seasons? Um, I, think, I, was, is, I think it's a, probably a bigger win for Gladbach than it is a bigger lo- a loss for Stuttgart. Um, Gladbach are a team which have notoriously been strong at home and you've asked questions away from home if they are to be serious contenders and probably looks like they'll be fighting Schalke and maybe Wolfsburg for that fourth spot but if they are serious about getting it they need to be winning then and 
proving they can win games away from home. And again, like this is a big game to win. You know, it's a so it's the Friday night game, so it's so it's not a big game to play. Um, obviously, not an easy place to go. Stuttgart, a lot of fans crammed in there. Um, so it was it was a big win. And I say people, they're starting to have players stand up and sort of make sort of make themselves known now. You know, I think people like Tristegen have always been. Not always been, but he's still an incredibly young man. But he's, he's always had said he's got all this potential. But now he looks like he's finally starting to to play for himself. Sort of say, look, I, I'm not just going to say I'm this goalkeeper with potential now. I'm a good goalkeeper, and I want to be on that plane to Brazil. And it's and it's you know it's benefiting the team. You've got people like like, like say Tashtegan doing it. You've got Cruiser doing it. So you got enough people doing it, and it's helping. Like I say, it's it's they're a good run of form. They're winning games at home and away from home. And if they keep this up, say so they're the team that are in the fourth place at the moment, so the other teams are going to have to beat them and hope that they make the mistakes because you know they've got themselves in the box seat for it. Yeah, obviously two seasons ago they sort of got that fourth spot and failed to sort of take their opportunity in the qualification for the Champions League. So they'll be eager to sort of rectify that. And like you mentioned, Max Cruz there was sort of strangely wasteful at the weekend and probably should have a goal or an assist to his name, but didn't. But it didn't matter. Obviously two 0 was a great win, and um, you know it's great for Borussia Mönchengladbach. glad back. Um, sorry if you hear any music we've got Radio 1 Live Lounge next door um, but moving on uh, we'll try and work through it Hamburg versus Hanover 3-1 um, no away win all season for Hanover no win since September just really sort of poor form and they're going to have to start picking themselves up sooner or later because they're sort of falling down the table at an alarming rate um, Losoga had 8-6 and six prior no goal this weekend um, but you know, Hamburg still won out, you know, route winners, no Van der Vaart either, um, which makes the win even more impressive. Um, two keepers kept the game uh, 0-0 uh, at the start of the game, but uh, um, Adler and Rincon error tried to pass out from the back. Uh, Adler fired a ball into Rincon, uh, with three players on his back and just, you know, go to the midfield and no chance, and Hutsty pounced and made it uh, 1-0. Um, I think it was fifth, sixth goal of the season. But after that, Hanover as sort of should have been expected, couldn't hold, couldn't uh, hold on to their lead and Videl, um, Beaster and, excuse my pronunciation, Kalahadju um, made it 3-1. Um, great for Van Marvik, uh, you know, good win. They needed a home win sooner or later um, and did it without uh, Van der Vaart on the side, you know, Sort of Hamburg aren't going to make the champion Champions League, and they're sort of outside for Europa League. But sort of, what should their expectations be so that for the season? Obviously, new manager um, should it just be a case of a settling period at this minute in time. I I don't think it should be. I you know, obviously they you say as a new manager, but this is a manager which guided, in my opinion, a very average Holland team to a World Cup final, and were within six minutes of taking Spain to penalties. Um, there's enough quality in the squad. Looking at the table now, and they sit ten points behind Gladbach in that hunt four spot on the back of two defeats. Obviously, a big win, but I reckon that they'd be disappointed if they don't end the season in Europe, um, to say the least. And like, they're not even halfway through the season yet, so I don't see why they they can't be aiming for for that fourth spot. It'll be a long shot and it'll be hard, but it's a club which have been there before. There'll be players which have played in the Champions League and been in the on the on a run before to get there. We say Gladbach are in the spot at the moment. That whilst they're a good team, they're not the big three. They are capable of dropping dropping points. There's absolutely no reason, in my opinion, why Hamburg can't come the end of the season, be in that fourth spot. But like I say it's not going to be easy. It's not going to get given to them. 
But I think if they were to see end the season not in any European competition at all, then they'd be bitterly disappointed. And it'd probably be deemed a failure when you think of the way they have been playing. If you take the last two games out, you think the way they have been playing under Van Marwijk, it's been it's been good stuff. It's been encouraging. Yeah, um, obviously, like you say, they should be aiming higher, and but it's a settling in period. Um, Hanover really struggling, like I touched on. Uh, they had Sane sent off at the end of the game. Uh, there's a lot of red cards for them this season. Uh, they had two sent off a couple of weeks back. Um, yeah, you know, it's not really great for Hanover, but you know they'll have to do better. Um, I, you know, because they could get sucked in, you know, in theory, and it's not something they want because the squad's not massive and they've got the quality. But when the pressure comes on, the squad, you know, could buckle. Do you see them getting dragged into it, or just think they they'll just stick to mid table and pick up the, you know, the vital wins here and there? It, they're in a wretched run of form. Um, and it's it's you know they're only three points above Freiburg who are in that that sixteenth spot at the moment, so it'd be very easy for them to get sucked into it. But like I say, I mean, although we're thirteen games into the season, it's still incredibly close. And if they win their next two games, I mean, they're currently sat on fourteen points. If they win their next two games, they could go get twenty points, which at the moment would put them seventh. So, it's whilst it's it's thirteen games to the season, you know, we're we're over a quarter of the way in. It's still it can be a little bit false, but. As long as they get a couple of wins within the next few weeks um, and don't keep losing, then I think they'll be okay. But like I say, if they keep losing, confidence gets drained out of the team. You know, who knows what will happen? Because there are some clubs down there which are probably in a little bit of a false position because they're struggling with Europe and after after Christmas, if they go out or they get when they eventually get knocked out and all their focus shifts to the league, then a few teams which are a little bit higher at the moment may struggle and get sucked down a little bit. So they do need to be careful and have a look over their shoulder. But I don't think they need to be worrying just yet. No, and like you say, teams in false positions. Werder Bremen um, sat in 12th, lost at home to Mainz uh, the weekend. Uh, Mainz, you know, rising up the table, they've got, you know, manager that everyone's got their eyes on at the moment. Um, but, you know, up to 7th. Again, they were up sort of this position last season and sort of tailed off again. Um, obviously, they've had to, they lost Adam Slazai, but uh, they've got a player in Nikolai Muller that is just a more an adequate replacement. Um, you know, Great goal this weekend. Um, you know, really good finish. Uh, keep an eye out for that one. Um, keeping again, we've touched on it in previous podcasts. Um, Milits in the Verda goal, uh, really questionable um, for both for uh, Mainz's first two goals. Um, went to let a shot drop over the bar for the second. Bounced off the bar. Uh, Okazaki pounced, smashed it in. Uh, looked at his defenders, sort of. You know, thinking we should have done more, which they probably should have. Uh, Verda defence was really poor, but um, you know, this poor keeping and at the other end for Mainz, uh, Carius, the third choice keeper, kept them in the game, uh, made some really good saves. Um, but then 3 0, Okazaki again, poor defending. And it looked like it would be game over, but Alero, Elia, and Franco de Santo um, combined, both setting up and scoring a goal each. Made it three two, but it's just too little, too late. Um, it's good fighting spirit, I suppose. You could touch on, but they gave themselves too much to do, and it's a good win for Mainz away from home. But Verda struggling this season, only four wins. Um, you know, what what do they need to do to sort of prop themselves back at the table and just sort of pull themselves away? You know, put, just sort of get a safety line between them and the relegation zone. Because again, we've touched on they've sort of struggled without the likes of Kevin De Bruyne from last season, but. Um, you know, what do they need? Yeah, it's um again, Verder a team who have been always been 
up towards the sort of the, the, the higher end of the table when you think about a Premier you usually think sort of top half of the table finishes definitely. Um obviously lost a lot of players but it that again, I don't think they'll be aiming for Europe, but they'll definitely be wanting to I don't think they'll get sucked into a relegation battle. Uh, there's enough quality in the squad to avoid it. And sometimes in games like this, like I say, I mean the goalkeeper was poor, defending was poor. Um as much as a home defeat against a team like Mainz, a team like Mainz shouldn't be happening, you know, Verder are a bigger team uh, and with probably a better squad, and they shouldn't be losing games like this. Sometimes you do have to sort of just think, do you know what, we were poor, you know, let's work hard in the training ground and make sure it doesn't happen this week. And I think that's what they'll have to do. And like I say, like I touched on um, when I was talking about the Hamburg game, whilst we're sort of 13 games in, there's still a little bit of sort of false positioning. Um, and again, they're the same amount of points as Hamburg. So, Again, if they go on a mini run, there's nothing to see them not climb higher. As for Mainz, I say touched on um they were they were high as sort of doing well last year as well. I think they'll have learned from last year and um they'll they probably took their foot off the gas, probably got a little bit, they probably were their first went into the season thinking to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Um secure sort of not secure safe, but sort of got themselves, did over half the job um early on last year and then sort of foot off the, took their foot off the gas. I don't think they'll be allowed to do that this year. I reckon they'll want to keep going and Again, in a World Cup year, you have players who pick up form in the second half of the season, then there's nothing to say they can't get in a World Cup squad. And I reckon that will motivate teams like Mainz and some of their players to think, well, you know, a couple of injuries, and if I'm playing well, I can, I can make it. So I don't think they'll be allowed to do it. So I reckon that both teams will be fine. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, both should be fine. And Mainz picked up some good form recently. And Verde, yeah, like you say, the squad is good enough and, you know, really shouldn't be sort of where they are. Um, Back to sort of another mid-table team uh, were sort of up there a couple of weeks back, but Hertha um, forms dropped. Lost home this weekend by Leverkusen. Kiesling, uh, eighth goal of the season with the only goal of the game. Came against the run run of play. Uh, it's no, no by no means a sort of easy win for Leverkusen. Um, obviously up to second now, only four points behind Bayern Munich, which is you know good for them, but. Um, they had to rely on Volscheid and Leno, who were both very good at the back, um, sort of kept them in the game with some sort of last-ditch defending great saves. Um, Kiesling, like sort of I've touched on in previous podcasts, I'm a big fan of, led the line very well, just brings players into the game. And, you know, uh, Romy Cruz missed a couple of guilt-edged chances to sort of seal the game, but they held on and it's a good away win and keeps them in touch at the top. Um and then obviously uh, another team at the top, Wolfsburg. Uh, great win against Dortmund uh, before the international break. Um, could only muster a one or draw with Nuremberg. Um, obviously for Beek, still no win for Nuremberg since he came in. Um, the squad is sort of, you know, uh, it's, it's good, but they're 17th at the moment. Um, they're going to start picking up wins sooner or later, still without a win this season, which is, you know, re- really worrying. But a draw against Wolfsburg is a great result. Olich missed a couple of good chances, um, some great saves, but Arnold scored for Wolfsburg, his fourth of the season. Very promising young player there. Um, Ginchek made it 1-0. Um, first draw for Wolfsburg of the season. Eighth for Nuremberg, which is uh, very, very poor. You know, like that cutting edge. Um, but yeah, you know, Nuremberg needs to start picking it up and Wolfsburg will be disappointed because uh, uh, Gladbach sort of Three points clear now. Um, on to the two mid-table sides, Augsburg, Hoffenheim. Augsburg with a great 2-0 win. Um, Hoffenheim sort of forgotten how to win at the moment. Um, both had identical form going into the game. 
Uh, only one win in seven prior. Um, but Alton Top got both goals. Um, former Real Madrid man. Um, you know, showing some top form again. Um, it's good to see. Uh, Augsburg sort of need that. Players like him, if they're to sort of stay safe this season, obviously did well to avoid relegation last season. Um, up to 10th. Um, Hoffenheim down to 14th. Uh, you know, need to start scoring more. Uh, Modeste up front, no goal since September. Um, not that they'd rely on him greatly, but he needs to start picking up a few more goals if Hoffenheim sort of stay mid-table, get away from the pack down the bottom. Speaking of which, it was Braunschweig versus Freiburg. Um, hate saying it, but real six-pointer already. Uh, Jelson Fernandez uh, with the only goal for Freiburg. A great away win. Braunschweig, we, they were unlucky not to uh, get something from the game. Um, Bauman, following on from his uh, Hamburg nightmare a few uh, match weeks back, was sensational. Kept uh, you know Freiburg in the game. Braunschweig at bay. So yeah, they were unlucky to lose, and it gets no easier for the basement club either with um, Bayern up next. Um, so yeah, they'd have been disappointed not to get something from the game with uh, a tough couple of fixtures coming up. And that wraps up the uh, an analysis for the uh, this game week. So moving on to the goal of the week, and I touched on it, it was Nikolai Muller versus Bremen. Um, a great ball over the top, really nicely shaped. Keeper made it sort of easy uh, for Muller, but um, you know, great technique to just to put the ball over the top of the keeper on the run, first touch on in the instep, really good. And obviously, we'll link this goal um, on the site when we post the podcast podcast up. So take a look at that, because that's uh, definitely worth taking a look at. And player of the week is between Bauman and uh, Herman, um, both really good. It'd been easy to give to Herman because uh, two assists and. Um, you know, helped uh, Mönchengladbach back on their way, but I'm going to have to give it to Bauman. Um, purely for the fight he's shown and sort of mental strength to bounce back from the sort of Hamburg horror show, so to speak. Um, you know, top performance, make, got his side, you know, vital three points, so to speak. And what do you sort of make of, you know, like I say, his mental toughness to bounce back from that? You know, he's a highly rated keeper. Um, yeah, goalkeeper is a very unenviable position because very few people remember your good games and everyone remembers your mistakes. Um, and again, to be a top-level goalkeeper, you need to sort of have the mental strength to be able to do that. And I say in fairness to him, he's done it. He got his side three points. Um, and like I say, in a in a six-pointer, it's a very important three points. He's got his side six points. So did exceedingly well. Like I said, it would be very easy to give it to Herman, a very good player. But like I say I think that this week he... He probably had the biggest tell out of all of the games and was the most important player of the week as well as the best player of the week. Yeah, and he's going to have to sort of continue to be at this sort of level with uh, Freiburg sort of pull themselves away. Obviously, they're on 11 points at the moment. You get two wins and they could be up sort of mid-table and sort of away from it. Obviously, Europa League to juggle with. they got this this week, but um, we'll see how they go for the rest of the season. Um, only going to touch on it briefly, just a talking point in the end. Um, just the use and the sort of faith from managers in sort of the younger players throughout the Bundesliga. Um, a lot of sort of top performances from the younger players this week. Uh, you know, the, and in previous weeks, the likes of Werner, Arnold, uh, Maxi Meyer, Jonathan Tart, Hamburg only 18. Even Hoffman is sort of a regular substitute for Dortmund. Came on at the weekend against Bayern. Um, you know, just real faith from managers. Um, you could argue more so 
um, than other leagues around Europe. You look at the Premier League, only the likes of Janzai and Berahino, Morrison maybe get sort of get these sort of opportunities at such a young age. What do you make of you know the faith shown in managers towards these young players? Obviously, it's risky to throw them in so young, but it can also pay off as we've seen with sort of a handful of them. Yeah, it's it's risky, but at the same time, clubs are astute enough and clever enough to realise that a player is going to be good enough. They're not going to throw somebody in if they don't think they're ready. Um, and obviously, the, the the clubs train these players to see them every day, and it, it's good to see. It, and it's it's what makes the Bundesliga unique. They have so much faith in home homegrown players. Uh, you mentioned the Premier League there, and um, obviously, they in the Premier League they'd much rather start an established star, but they're not playing well than a, an upcoming youngster. Um, you can see it at clubs like Arsenal, one of the clubs which is notoriously good for it. It's people like Serge Nabry, who probably deserves more game time than he's getting. Um, and like he probably would be getting, he'd probably be starting every game if he was back in Germany. Um, so, like I say, it makes, it's what makes the Bundesliga unique. It helps the national team. And it's good, and it builds the players up. And you look at, you look at people like Goetze, who at 21 can be bought for, I think it's 40 million euros as a release clause. So you look at players like that, and Draxler again being linked for 40 million. They're all 20 sort of early teenagers who are only just really starting out in the game. So it's it, it helps the clubs because they get massive transfer fees to help rebuild and reinvest squads, and it helps the players because they're competing at the top level and only going to improve if they're already that good at that age. Yeah, like you say, it's great for the league. It makes it unique, and you know, long may it continue because you know, for the German national side, it'll only be you know positive, and it will lead to a great future for all of them. But that wraps it up for this week. Um, that's the end of uh, this episode. We'll be back next week. Um, so some great fixtures coming at the weekend, so make sure to catch that, and we'll see you then.